Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of UJ Sports Live. My name is Roddy Nabulsa. I'm joined by Dane Young and Hall of Famer Jim Donnan, former Georgia head coach. Reason why everybody's tuned in. We're glad you joined us. If you're watching us on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter, we appreciate you taking time out of your busy day uh, or busy-ish day to join us I, uh, for the show. I appreciate it. I'm here at Classic City Eats. Grab some lunch. Uh, really appreciate them uh, letting us come to their place and uh, take over part of their uh, restaurant with, you know, the game room and all the fun stuff behind me. So uh, appreciate the folks at Classic Cities for letting us do that. Also appreciate our other sponsors, Athens Ford, Academy Brewing Company, Your Pie and Dead Soxie. They are all great sponsors and we hope that you would uh, be a patron of them when you get the chance and opportunity. It is the Florida week, Georgia versus Florida, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Uh, I'm not going to stop changing that until I guess, uh, I guess at some point uh, I'll get hired by a government agency and they won't let me say that stuff anymore. But for the time being, it is still. Don't relent to them, Roddy. Just keep doing it forever and ever and ever <laughs> until well, until the sun and, 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 bursts. Until, I, until I'm canceled, yes. So uh, it is the you world. Know, you, do you guys remember what the world's smallest outdoor cocktail party was? No. No. When Tech played Wake Forest in the ACC championship game. <laughs> oh, my God. That was insane. Yes. Well, they had like 47 people there. And that, was a, were in the that, band. Was real, that was a real small one. I had to throw that one in. No, that, that you, know, you bring, bring up a good one because that was awful. I remember. Was that a small ray? Was that the first ACC championship game? I don't know. They had some rain. Uh, that, blame it on the rain. <laughs> blame it on the rain. Yeah. <laughs> I love Coach the little Millie Vanilli out there. I love it. Uh, Coach, I'm a you guys know that I can be a nervous Nelly. I can be a little Munson-esque in my uh approach to games sometimes. I, I'm very confident early in the week, but as the game gets closer, I get a little more nervous when you know, hear stuff like that. Uh we we met with Kirby Smart yesterday. We asked him some questions about the team. This is a man who was not giving away anything at his press conference yesterday. It was all uh there was there was no nothing to rally around. Nothing uh, he didn't give away any hints of what's going to happen this week. But Vegas, coach, Vegas has this as one of the all time highest Georgia favorites. Uh, Georgia favorite in this game, hardly more than any game in the past. And I don't see it, coach. I, I, I mean, I know Georgia's number one, and Florida's lost some games. I get it, but I'm a little worried about this game. And I know we've got a lot of questions. And folks, if you uh, want to get your question answered this week. We're going to do a little bit more YouTube this time. So if you're watching us on YouTube, get your questions in for Coach Don and for Dane Young and myself. We will answer them for you. But, Coach, uh, I just want to get your overall thoughts on the upcoming Georgia-Florida game. Then we'll pepper you with questions. Yeah, from my standpoint, you always uh, respect all teams and fear none. You, you've got to respect <laughs> yeah. the fact that this is a very dangerous football team. Uh, when you look at their schedule – uh, played Alabama, who was ranked number one at the time, and now ranked number two. Uh, they played Kentucky and had 15 penalties, but went down to the wire, had the ball to, to score on the road, and then just had an inexplicable defensive performance against uh, LSU where they couldn't stop anything, but they scored a lot of points. The, the biggest thing for us is, in being realistic, and, and our fan base needs to understand, and I think they do, we really haven't been tested this year. I mean, uh, we've played some pretty good teams. I mean, Arkansas is pretty good. Uh, Kentucky's pretty good. This is a, a lot more potent team that we're playing athletically than anybody we've played. So that's a, that's going to be the, the issue here. But that doesn't mean that uh, we can't go down and, and play our dominant game. We're just going to be – it's not going to be a situation where we have – uh, 15 three and outs and our offense moves up and down the field and our kicking game is totally dominant. I mean, it's going to be a football game. It's going to be some ebb and flow in it. And the reason that, uh, that I say this is that, you know, we've talked about all year, our pressure from the defensive front's been there and we haven't had to defend the pass that much, but we're going to have a team that's really going to, do a lot of RPOs, and we've already explained that to our, our people that watch the show. So they're going to work on our linebackers and throw the ball in behind them and, and work on our safeties and work on our star. I mean, that's what they do. I mean, that's their quarterbacks run. Uh, they're very effective at quarterback runs. So, and defensively, they got some athletes over there. They just they, they just have some concepts sometimes where they don't do as well, but they – 
shut down Alabama for three quarters. I mean, you know, after they were down 21, they really held them. So it's a game where we're going to have to go out and, and play ball and, and, and everybody's got to understand. I mean, 14 points to me, it kind of shocked me, but I mean, but Vegas, they're looking at, you know, our scores and their scores and all that. And that's probably the way they do it. I don't really know, but this is a team that uh, when you said that about being nervous about, I mean, I'm just uh, aware of the fact that we're probably not as good as everybody thinks. And they're probably not, I mean, we're good. We're really yeah. good. And, and they're probably not as deficient as everybody thinks. So it's a little bit of both. And, uh, you know, our preparation is going to be huge. We're going to have to tackle in space. They don't do some things that I think that they don't do well, that we do well. We tackle in space probably as good as any football team in the country. Uh, they miss a lot of tackles. Uh, they're not real good at, uh, at uh, you know, rushing the passer, but – we're not real good at protecting the passer. I mean, we've only given up four sacks, but since JT hadn't been playing, we hadn't run a drop back pass, I don't think, in a long time. So that's not a real forte of ours. So we'll have to see who our quarterback is. But, you know, that's kind of an opening here, and we'll set the stage for these questions. But uh, I would say right now that uh, we got a good shot. I mean, I feel good about our chances. I felt good about our chances last year, but things didn't turn out as good. But, uh, you know, this is a different offense that we're playing. They were more of a passing team last year. This is more of a running team, and running teams worry me a whole lot more than passing teams because really? you don't have to rely on your protection. You don't have to rely on balls being tipped. You don't have to rely on guys dropping passes. Uh, they can run the ball. Their quarterbacks are very good at it, and we're going to have to play a different style. We haven't played – we played one running quarterback really this year uh, from Arkansas, and they never could get started, so uh, it's hard to tell. I'm less worried, though, knowing that there's not a Kyle Pitts out there because if you see what he's doing with the Atlanta Falcons right now, you understand how much of a game changer he was in that game for Florida last year. He didn't even play but a quarter. Don't you I'm, saying, I'm saying for their season as a whole, for their offense to be what it was. Oh, he he did. They did some good thing. He caught a touchdown, but he did. You know, fortunately for us, we. I mean, I hated that scene got knocked out, but uh, we just couldn't. Uh, I mean, be be real here. We lost. LeCount didn't make the trip. We lost the uh, first in the first half. We lost our starting safety scene on a targeting, and we're back there playing with Major Burns and some of these guys. I mean. We just didn't have the secondary that that we need. We had great corners, but they got beat too. So uh, our secondary going into the game last year is a lot better than the one we have this year, but we, we ended up without half of them playing. Well, Roddy, let me ask you this. If a turn, if an upset happens in college football, what are the factors that typically cause that? So, like, if you, if you see an upset, what are you looking at the stat sheet to see what happened in that game? I, I have a three-formula uh, uh, a three-factor formula that I say every time. It's always special teams, penalties, and turnovers. Okay, well, let's go to this last two because I came prepared because I know you because you've been paying me for three years. Fewest penalty yards per game, Georgia 22nd in the country, Florida 96th in the country. Georgia uh, has 43 penalty yards per game, Florida 63. Uh-oh. Bigger uh-oh, turnover margin. Georgia 38th in the country. Florida 122nd in the country. Georgia's plus three at the turnover margin. Florida minus seven. Uh-oh. Yeah, you made a good point there. And they had four turnovers against uh, LSU that really changed the game. I mean, they went 49-42, but they had four interceptions. And I, I think that's going to be critical for us. Uh, we haven't broken on the ball very well all year. I mean, you watch the – Kentucky game how many times they of course they threw the ball in front of us but uh, I think the ball in to me those are good points from Roddy over there at Classic City Eats but from a, from an old coach standpoint I, I think we got to be able to do a better job of of playing the ball in the air because we're a zone team I mean we're playing zone 70 percent of the time so you know there's going to be areas if you just Take the football field and divide it across the field in the uh, like zero to 15 yards is A, B, C, D across the field. 
So those those short shallow zones, A, B, C, and D, they're going to throw the ball in B and C between our tackles in front of our linebackers, and then they're going. And then you got E, F, and G. They're going to throw the ball in there between G and F there, and between E and F in, in those seams there on the hash marks. So watch for that in the game. I mean, I'd be really shocked if that's not their attack. So isn't that going basically going after your star and going after your linebacker in coverage? Right. Kind of what I said when we started the show, right? That's, that's why I'm bringing it back. I'm like, good, good job. I was just busting. I know. I'm just saying. So basically, not so much that, it's not so much they're going after any particular person. It's just the I, fact okay. that those are areas in, in, in zone coverage that you got to, to take advantage of because our safeties are deep. You know, they're playing and protecting. But, you know, typically a Kirby Smart defense starts out in a two shell. A Dan Lanning defense at two shell, too deep, but they spin those safeties down and, and play runs and everything. We hadn't had to do that this year. So if we spin them down, you know, to, to help, then that's going to make the corners be a little bit more uh, involved in the game where they're going to throw the ball, try to work on it with Copeland and some of those guys. So, uh, but right now, uh, it's a chess match, that's for sure. And, we hadn't even talked about offense versus defense yet, so that's going to be uh, a situation. I mean, I don't think I've ever pl- been involved in coaching a game or talking about a game where there's four quarterbacks involved. They got two and we got two, and uh, everybody down there wants them to play. The, uh, the other guy, uh, Richardson, and – Everybody up here wants our guys to play the other guy, JT. So we'll see what happens. I tell you, the dog fan's been on fire about that one, Roddy. Yeah. Well, we've had some, I mean, good conversation. Everyone's got their, I don't say their favorite, but everyone's got their rationale. And I thought that uh, we had a good piece today by Brent Rollins, you know, the, uh, your co-host on Film Don't Lie. And he basically just, it wasn't, you know, it was a huge opinion piece. He just said, look, let's look at some numbers. And he actually brought out some uh, uh, quantitative you know, analysis saying, look, here's how these guys do in a, when they're rushed, here's how they do when they have a clean pocket. Here's how they do on short passes. Here's how they do on passes over 10 yards. Here's how they do with third down, you know? And again, he wasn't making a case for one guy over the other. It's just like, look, uh, it's not as cut and dry as you think. And coach, I know we're going to open that question a lot in the um, uh, chat. So if you want to know who's going to be the starting quarterback and it's, it's dominated the dog vents for uh, a long time. Uh, Kirby won't – and when I said Kirby was kind of – he wasn't dodging questions yesterday, but he, he was not going to tip his hat at the press conference yesterday and say, I'm starting this guy, I'm starting that guy. He said, look, there, a decision has not been made. We'll work it out in practice. And even the hypotheticals, he won't answer those because he said, look, you can ask me if JT's healthy, who's going to start. But JT's not healthy yet. He's getting there. He's throwing without pain. But he's not going to – A, he's not going to answer the question, and B, he's not going to answer the hypothetical question. So I'll ask you, Coach. Uh, you got a situation where JT Daniels, who you didn't have last year, then Stetson Bennett looked to be doing great till he was thrown on his shoulder. Uh, how do you determine who plays this game? Because it sounds to me like you kind of got to do it based on the defense you're going to face. Or Kirby says it's all about practice, but to me, it's all about game plan. I don't know. Give me your thoughts. You you played quarterback. You coach quarterback. Yeah, you did. You, you got to do a uh, thorough analysis of what your team can do and who you got. I mean. Who's the who's your old line? Who's your uh, receivers? Uh, what 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 hurts their defense? I mean, linebacker coverage is a issue with their team. They've had a hard time. Their best linebacker got hurt. Uh, they got a really good corner, Elam, who we you know we tried to recruit. Uh, he's a he's a pro guy. Uh, they've had some issues uh, giving up a lot of running yards, and that's something we've started to really get a lot better with with Stetson in there with the threat of the run because we don't get that backside pursuit quite so much. So, you know, I think it's just going to be a case of monkeying, uh, looking at what we got and uh, what they got and, and it, whatever he decides. And, 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 of course, Kirby be the ultimate guy on it. But, uh, you know, I think I, you have both, both I of them. Like, something, I, mean, what do you, I think something I mean, that really worries me uh, – about our team right now is uh, being able to protect. Uh, if JT's a quarterback, we, we've got his deal is to back up and throw the ball. And you realize in the first game, 
we played a Clemson team that we were worried about protection, and we threw the ball very quickly the whole game, even though they were dropping off, which I don't think we were expecting them to do. So we didn't have a lot of success throwing the ball. So, uh, you know, if I think we'd learned from that that we'd probably throw some shorter routes and try to do something with it, you know, if, to help our protection. But uh, if JT's in there, but. Uh, there's nothing against uh, our protection. I mean, people say, well, we've only had four sacks. But, I mean, realistically, we had not played against uh, that, that great of pass rush teams, and we haven't dropped back well, hardly any. Most of all of our passes have been play action. So uh, we can go through this ad nauseum. It's not oh, going to yeah, make I any difference. I, I, I guess I was I'm, just more curious about the, uh, the, the, the criteria that they're trying to decide this based on. Because right now the criteria is, is JT healthy, and he hasn't been. He's, he's been sore, you know, some days he can throw and he's sore the next day and they, they're trying well, to get that. We can get that. He's healthy. I mean, let's just go. Yeah. He's healthy. I mean, he's, yeah, he's but that, well, that's what I'm saying. Now, now he's healthy. Most people say, well, he's automatically back. And I'm like, I don't know that it's that simple. There's I think no automatic. Other... There's no okay, automatic. That's, that's all masking coaches basically is. Because the guy, the guy's played and won and done a good job against big time teams. So like, I think it's going to, it's going to be the same situation that happened when, uh, Beck and, and JT, when JT went down and Beck was going to be the quarterback and then in practice, obviously he didn't do as well as he needed to, so they moved Stetson in. They're going to practice all week, run their game plan, and so we see which one of these two look the best and go with them. And their game plan is going to be to, uh, you know, affect um, – that, that was pretty obvious that week. I mean, so uh, – but from my standpoint uh, – Stetson's played really well. I mean, really done a good job of taking care of the ball and doing everything that you need to do when you got a really good defense. You know, I mean, we hadn't had to score a lot of points. This week, as much as I hope I'm wrong, I think we're going to have to score more than normal. I think these guys, they could get two or three big plays. I mean, those happen in games. You know, I mean, a guy falls down or you miss a tackle. Uh, but for them to win, they're going to have to have three or four explosive plays because they're not going to take the ball and go 80 yards against our defense time after time. It's just too many good players on our defense. So they got to rely on some explosive plays, maybe some, like you said, some turnovers. And uh, that's the way they got to try to win the game. And when people, me included, dive into the numbers and dive into the film to try to see, all right, which quarterback does what better. I think you understand why this is kind of a tough decision. I mean, for coaches who have way more information, see all the practices that, that we don't get to see, uh, because even if you go into those stats that Brent Rollins did his piece that you were talking about, Roddy, JT Daniels is more efficient on third down. However, Stetson Bennett's more efficient on first and second, which would lead you to believe George is not <laughs> getting in as many third down positions when Stetson Bennett's out there. So like our opposing – we had seven against Kentucky. There, there are pros and cons to both is what I'm saying. Yes. And, and so that's what makes this such a hard decision for coaches. If you listen to what Kirby's saying, he says we feel good about both. Now, maybe that means that they don't feel that one is significantly better than the other. They're just different. They do different things well. And you have, I think they have the same issue at uh, Florida. You know, you, you, not, One's not really head and shoulders above the other. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're going to throw uh, Richardson at Georgia. Uh, I can see that making sense, but you know, Emory Jones has had his moments too. So both have drawbacks. My whole point on this and the reason I was asking coach about the criteria, you know, what, what, what is your deciding factor in all this is because I just don't think it's an automatic, Hey, okay. Uh, JT's healthy. Put him back in there. And I, I yeah, it was, it was automatic after, after the first injury. I mean, they, they went right with him, you know, against yes, uh, South Carolina, but, but now just too much water over the bridge is too much playing. And the thing about Emory Jones that I would say, if you look at the situation is very similar to, to Stetson. He knew Richardson wasn't going to play. He didn't have that pressure of having to make, you know, Hey, looking over his shoulder and he played pretty well, you know, from that point on uh, until the Kentucky, you know, LSU game when they turned the ball over so much, but, the same thing's true with Stetson. He knew that uh, JT wasn't going to play, and he was very relaxed, and he played very effortless. You know, he did a great job uh, against Arkansas, against everybody when, you know, you're not looking over your shoulder. Now both these score, all four of these <laughs> quarterbacks are looking over their shoulder because you know the other, other guys there. So it's a different scenario. No, you're right, Coach. And, I, again, another one of my issues 
about being nervous about this game is, again, I came to school at, at Georgia in 1990, and I noticed in the uh, Florida press release for this game on their notes, it's funny how they basically like to talk about streaks starting in 1990. So I've gone to the Georgia-Florida game many, many years, 20-something, 25, 28, however many years it's been. And I've seen a better Georgia team go in there and lose. I've also seen a better, I mean, a better Florida team lose. I've also seen trick plays. I've seen bad plays. I've seen turnovers. I've seen the team that's supposed to win not win. So I, again, just muscle memory. I'm a little more nervous about this right. game. I don't you like it. So, you should it's Jacksonville. It's it's just a shit stadium. It's a bad place to play. I don't like it, and it's, I'm going to be nervous about that game every year, even if Georgia were favored by a thousand. Hey, you should be. I'm telling you, uh, I'm, I'm so I'm not just crazy. The same way. I mean, it's just a uh, we're playing against a good team. Uh, yeah. We're playing against a really good uh, athletic team, and uh, like I said, uh, our our guys deserve a lot of credit for taking care of business all year. But I hope they do this Saturday. This will be lovely. Imagine just, uh, reality is we haven't played. Um, an overwhelming team this year, and uh, I don't know that we're going to until the SEC championship game. Uh, this team here is good, but they're, they're not. I yeah, mean, they're, they're not. not they got too many warts. They got too many issues: penalties, turnovers, uh, injured players, uh, dissension, whatever it might be. I don't know. They have, but you know, their coaches on the hot seat, defensive coach on the hot seat, so. They lost a huge recruit last night, Coach. Yeah, but a lot of times, uh, you know, that gets you your team to be against the deck and are on the deck and come back and play it, win one for the Gipper. So you never know. But I've seen Georgia lose a game where they were when the team was. They are losing. They are losing recruits pretty quickly. And uh, uh, what I like about them is that they're coming our way too. (laughs) Yeah, uh, for those that don't follow recruiting, uh, uh, Julian Humphrey. Uh, top 100 cornerback, a top 100 player in the nation, one of the top cornerbacks was committed to Florida until last night. He decommitted. Uh, we, he just visited Georgia. He visited once in June, or excuse me, once in July. Now he's visited recently. Uh, he decommitted during Georgia Florida week. I think that's one that's going to go Georgia's way. And uh, we sent uh, Jed May down to see Shamar James, a huge inside linebacker, a top player that was committed to Florida. He decommitted as well. Uh, I think he's down to Georgia and one other team, maybe uh, Alabama or Texas A&M. Have to come back and check out that story. But we actually went to uh, Mobile, Alabama, to uh, check uh, check out Shamar James to get the firsthand account from him. So two huge Florida commits decommitted. Both could wind up in uh, Athens. At least one of them, I think, definitely will. So uh, check out the vault for updates there. There's one thing too about watching this show and listening to this show because. I, I usually don't do much to add to the recruiting part because I'm not involved with like you guys. But I did tell you that I ate lunch the day that Humphrey and uh, Kamari Wilson were eating lunch over there. And Will Muschamp happened to be there, you know, along with some a lot of other uh, people. And uh, I had a chance to talk to both of those guys. And uh, Bear from game day was there. Of course, they were interested more in talking to Bear than they were made, particularly the mamas. They wanted a picture made, but I got a good vibe on both those kids. They look you in the eye. They were happy. And uh, at that point, he was committed to, you know, he just decommitted. But I told you then, Roddy, I said, hey, these guys, these guys really, I mean, I don't have a lot of experience in recruiting, you know that. But, uh, <laughs> I do feel like you can, you can you can you can always know if they're not interested at all. I mean, yeah. it's pretty obvious. I mean, they avoid you don't look at. Uh, but uh, these parents and these kids were totally engaged with UGA, and uh, I had, I called up Kirby right away and. Uh, because I wanted to find out if I was legal talking to him, and you know, but uh, which I was because <laughs> it was it was a bump. But uh, but that the bump fifty dollar in a restaurant, a fifty dollar bill I gave both of them didn't work too good. But uh, <laughs> that was the old deal, you know, just shake your hand yeah. with a fifty. But hey, seriously though, answer, yeah, I think I think we're getting ready to have one of those recruiting years that uh, just gonna knock your socks off. I mean. 
I, I mean, well, speaking of socks, we need to talk about that, Coach. Yeah, talk about it, but you can't, you can't wear those socks unless you're a five-star DB for us right now. I mean, I, there's a real fine line between four and five stars. Like that, what's that guy's name? Kennebrew? That who's it? What's the kid's name? Defense Kennebrew. Yeah, I mean that guy can cover now. I mean, I was talking to Blaine Gilmer about him. You know, he studies the film. And he said that kid can. And you know, you got to, and you got Starks, and now we're looking at at uh, Humphrey and Wilson and and. Uh, we're not even talking about Singletary. Who's a team Singletary out of Jacksonville. We also went and just saw him. We sent Jed from Mobile to Jacksonville to interview him, and we had an exclusive story on Jaheim Singletary, the five-star, uh, number one cornerback yeah. in the nation. And uh, well, Here's so one of the things about him. him here's one of the things that Jed doesn't know that I do. His mama really likes Kirby and Muschamp and uh, Coach uh, – um, uh, heartily, I mean, his mama likes Georgia, so I like that too. I like those mamas. <laughs> hey, get, get the mama, the kid will come. And uh, we'll talk about socks here in a second. I'll have uh, Dane bring up our uh, friends over at Dead Socks. You're talking about knocking socks off last week, you know, uh, on I guess it was Monday, you got a Lou Ba, the big Florida State offensive tackle commit. Uh, he flips to Georgia. Then later in the week, they miss out on Luther Burton, the number one wide receiver in the country. But next day, they get Michael Williams, five-star defensive end. The guy's going to come in. Uh, he was originally being recruited as a defensive lineman, he kind of a, uh, uh, a defensive uh, end. They're looking at him as kind of being that jack linebacker, that kind of uh, stand-up pass rushing guy. He likes that idea better. Georgia is really excited about him. I've spoken to some people who uh, know people in the recruiting office, and they said those guys were just beside themselves. They're so happy to get Michael Williams. Then out of the blue, big Bear Alexander, five-star defensive tackle. You know, you're basically heir apparent to Jordan Davis. He commits uh, last week as well. So you got two five-stars, two flips, because Michael Williams was committed to Florida, uh, to USC. So Alubar flips from Florida State. Michael Williams flips from USC. Uh, you get Big Bear, who was committed to you, who was looking to go to Texas A&M. Now you're back with uh, 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 James Singletary is looking at you really strong. Kamari Wilson is looking at you strong. And uh, Shamar James decommits from Florida. Now he's looking at Georgia. Uh, Julian is this, Humphrey decommits. Is this a recruiting show? Is this a recruiting show or what is it? I'm just saying it's um, – my point is they're number one in the rankings, and now they're number one in recruiting. Hey, that's it just seems sure. to be going hand in hand. That's and for sure. That's for it, sure. It's nuts. I have uh, a, uh, a I have a social media idea for UGA for you know they always do the go dogs for Kirby Smart's Twitter account when a recruit happens. They need to come up with a gif, and maybe it's going to be an off season thing with some training involved. But how do we get Kirby Smart to do some kind of like gym dog style flip into into <laughs> the into the foam over there? Uh, he could probably do a round off at least, and I'm sure. Uh, speaking of knocking your socks off. The, the socks you don't want to have knocked off are your dead Soxy socks. They are a great sponsor of ours, and they are fantastic socks. And you'd be damn near impossible to knock them off because they have that true state technology. They pull them up, and they don't come down. They're uh, fantastic. They're super comfortable. They're seamless. You don't have that seam that's pushing against you on the inside of your shoe. They're buttery soft. They have this, they, they, uh, yarn they're made out of. It's fantastic. Uh, they, they're knit on these Italian-made Linetti machines, which just sounds cool. I don't even know what the hell those are. But the fact is, I've had them. We were we were given some of the socks. We tried them out, and they're incredibly comfortable. Everybody I've given them to just raves about them. They say these are the most comfortable socks they've ever had. It's two old mess grads who came up with this concept. They, they spent years developing socks, but there's a reason for them because the socks are fantastic. And there's a great line of alumni socks. So if you have friends that are you know, LSU fans or Tennessee fans or Alabama fans or Georgia fans, you can get red and black or uh, gold and purple or you know, white or crimson and white or white and orange uh, socks that match, you know, your alumni, you know, your school. So check out their friends at Dead Socks. They're fantastic socks. You'll absolutely love them. I do. Well, we wear them. I've shown them on the uh, uh, Watch Log show. So it's, uh, they're fun stuff there. I also want to give a big shout out. I'm here at Classic City Eats. Uh, this past Saturday, we're doing the bye week. They had a huge party out here. It was the fall festival. It was sponsored by Athens Ford. So the folks at Athens Ford, besides having a ton of trucks and a ton of uh, pre-owned vehicles, I went to a different dealership to pick up a rental car. We had to get a rental car for my wife. Uh, my son hit a deer in the car, so we had to get that fixed. Went to pick up a rental car. 
and there were no cars on that lot. I mean, they had maybe this huge parking lot. I'm not going to say who the competitor is. Uh, had maybe 16 cars on. They should have hundreds. They had like 16. It was it was bad. But our friends at Athens Ford are absolutely loaded. They have tons of pre-owned vehicles. They have tons of new vehicles. Uh, they, they're getting in the Ford Broncos over there. You need to swing by Athens Ford, if not for you know just service. But if you're looking for a pre-owned vehicle or a new vehicle, get it out there and get that lifetime powertrain warranty on it. I, I know we got a ton of questions. Uh, if you want to start uh, hammering some of those, we will. Uh, let's let's do it there. Yeah, let's start with some of these. Uh, we're taking from the YouTube and Facebook audiences for this show. We uh, kind of alternate with that and the dogmen at UGASports.com. This is kind of for all of us, but I'm going to turn it into a UGA discussion as well. Strange two four three four says, "How was the off week, boys? One, it was good, but two, uh, coach, when you start looking at the injury report, it looks like this was very much needed for Georgia, and the Bulldogs are in a pretty." healthy shape heading into Jacksonville. Yeah, I think uh, certainly you, you got to feel like receiver-wise, uh, Rosemary and Burton and hopefully Smith will be able to play. We've been holding them out. Uh, they've had injuries. Uh, actually, Smith had a stress fracture on his leg. They found out. They thought it was a contusion, but it ended up being a stress wow. fracture. And uh, so he should be okay. And then, of course, Chris Smith, the defensive back, we need him to come around and hurt, hurt his shoulder and he's, you know, missed the game and then missed practice. And uh, of course, uh, who knows what's going to happen on Pickens. There's all kind of talk about him, but you know, uh, we'll, we'll see about that. I don't know who else uh, I need to talk about that. Uh, I thought the big one coming back was Kenny McIntosh because with Kendall yeah. Milton being out, I thought that that depth was going to be tested a little bit. Yeah. Well, he's got, a, he's, got, he's got a hamstring that has been uh, bothering him. And you know, with the back, it's just such an issue because you start and stop so quickly. Uh, but, you know, I, I think the fact that they held, were able to hold him out and, uh, for a couple of games and then the open day got to make him ready to go. I mean, we all of a sudden without Milton, you, you know, as much as we use backs, I mean, he could be very, very, very instrumental in this game. And, of course, Edwards is a good guy to have as a backup too. But uh, our two first-line guys are ready to go. I think uh, we saw Jermaine Burton come back against uh, Kentucky and uh, Marcus Rosby, Jack Saint. Both of them got into just a couple plays. Oh, another neat feature that we put up today was the uh, snap count for the entire season so far. So be sure to check that out at ugasports.com, which, by the way, you can get for free for three more days. You get to the end of the regular season for free. Just use code uh, number one dogs and you get the re access to the rest uh, to UGA Sports for the rest of the season for free. We put up a thing called snap count through the season so you can see exactly – which dogs played and what percentage of the games they played. It was very telling. There's some neat stuff in there about the – when you look at the wide receivers, you look at the guys on the defensive line, you look at the linebackers. It's very interesting. But I thought seeing those guys get back, those two wide receivers come back for that Kentucky game, kind of get a, get a couple plays, now have this week off. I think you need – I mean, look at how well uh, Marcus Rodney Jackson was doing in that game before he got his uh, ankle broken. I just, the more options you have at the wide receiver spot, the less worried I am about this game. Still worried, but feel better knowing that those guys are coming back. Roddy, you're going to be worried regardless. I know you. Yeah, I am. I'm popping this up here so people hey, can see. It, it's a no one dog. So, like, number, like the abbreviation is that promo code NO, the number one dogs, D W G S. You can see it on your screen right now. Go over to ugasports.com and check that out. Uh, we had mentioned at the beginning of the show that we are all still calling this the world's largest uh, outdoor cocktail party. Question from the sheriff. Does coach still call Oklahoma and Texas the Red River rivalry? Good question. Sure. That's what it is. <laughs> okay. I don't, I don't, care, about, I don't yeah. care about that. I don't know why they – I mean, ESPN hit that shootout thing. But, uh, I mean, it's definitely a, a, both those – OU Texas and Georgia Florida. Those are. I'm just. I'm just glad that I was a part of uh, in my lifetime had a chance to be involved in both of them because really bucket list for a lot of people to go to both of those games. It's just uh, incredible. Uh, you really don't. You can't really talk. Most people on this show know about it because they go to go to it. But I'm telling you, you're on that bus riding in there to the stadium. Uh, and see all those people and go across the bridge. I mean, it's unbelievable. And then the same thing at OU. Uh, 
I know one time we got caught in a traffic jam and uh, one of our players told Switzer, said, look, if you'll cut off at this next exit, we can go through my neighborhood and get there. And, uh, and so he called ahead to the, to the uh, police and the police didn't believe him. And he said, go ahead, take them through. And we had those sirens blowing and everything going through that neighborhood. And one of our kids said, I promise you one thing, there's a lot of stuff being flushed down the toilets right now. <laughs> That's a good story. This is not a question, but a big shout out to Kyle Morrow for the super chat. We always give a shout out to the super chats on the UGA Sports Watch Along show, which we will have this weekend for Georgia and Florida. We'll start about 3.20 Eastern time, maybe a little bit before uh, the super chats. We always appreciate those and, and give the call out when those happen. So thank you for that, Kyle. Uh, Chuck Ward, friend of the show for a long time, coach, asked, would Georgia see more 12 and 13 personnel this week or do you spread Florida out? Good question. Is he talking about from uh, from Florida? I think he's saying from Georgia's offensive perspective. Are you oh, trying okay. to spread Florida out, or do you run right at him? I think when he's talking about twelve, that's two tight ends, two wide receivers, and one back. Thirteen's three wide, three tight ends. I think we will see a mixture of of all three: eleven, twelve, and thirteen. That's the way Munkin rolls. I mean, he likes to use different personnel groupings. Now, you won't switch them out as much if you're trying to get a lot of. Uh, quick plays because you don't want the defense to be able to substitute. But uh, when you look at our strength of our team, uh, particularly uh, in the running game, those three guys in there can create a lot of havoc if you can get, you know, Washington and Fitzpatrick along with Bauer. So uh, I, I think we'd see a lot of 12 and 13. Roddy, I'll toss this one to you from Michael Blackburn. What's your opinion of George Pickens' potential return? When will it happen? If Roddy knew that, he would be making yeah. a little bit more money. Where we, we'd have a nice little what we're hearing on the board if we knew that. Here's thing, uh, I hear stuff about him doing more and more in practice. You know, uh, we saw him actually come out before the Kentucky game, warm up with the team. He didn't dress out, but each thing we hear is just getting closer and closer and closer. And I, I'll eat my crow. I was one of those people that said I did not expect to see him in the regular season. Now it's we see him out there warming up with the team beforehand. Again, not dressed. That's that's different. But he, he's out there. With the team, he traveled with the team to Auburn to go see Dr. James Andrews. Uh, news we broke on the Watch Along show. Uh, don't know exactly what was said, but it sounded like he had a, a, a good checkup, and they let him do more after that. So uh, it just seems like it's getting closer and closer. But, uh, again, hell, we don't even know who the quarterback's going to be this weekend, so we don't know if George Beckham's going to be out there. But I, I'd keep an eye out for him just in case. You know? Here's the thing, too. Here's the thing. In, you got 70. You can only take 70 on this trip. So, they, you know, Kentucky, they were taking him. I mean, uh, Auburn, they were taking him to see Andrews. So he, but this game, uh, if he travels, then he's probably got a chance to play. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. And I know from a, a, a karma standpoint, Georgia fans really want – they want a healthy JT Daniels in that game because, you know, he hadn't played to that point last year. Uh, they want to see Marcus Rosemary Jack Saint healthy. They want to see JT. Uh, I mean, see Stetson Bennett healthy, Jordan Davis healthy. He didn't get to play last year in this game, and George Pickens in this game. You went into that game so shorthanded, and you still should have won it, you know. But then losing, you know, not having Richard uh, McCown out there, lo losing uh, Lewisine early, not having all those well, wide receivers, uh, not having quarterbacks who could get it done. It was frustrating. So for this game, just from a cosmic karma standpoint you want to see george pickens out there you want to see uh jt daniels you want to see stats and all those guys so uh just keep an eye out i'm not don't put money on it but uh we'll, we'll find out when they put up the when our guys compile the travel roster i'm going to parse your language i wouldn't go as far to say as georgia should have won that game last year based on how it covered the wheel route uh but georgia could have won that game sure should have yeah that's all we with. let's talk about this year let's just uh, Leanne let's, talk about, let's talk about 2019. We made 33 first downs. Let's do oh, it. Hey, let's let's break that game down. Right, uh, Le Leanne Sedlock said, Roddy, are we going to have that surprise that you mentioned in your 3-2-1 report? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. It, it, here's the thing. I've mentioned one little small, a small little surprise, small little thing that I expect to happen. And uh, you notice um, uh, one of the it could have been one of two things. One of those things already happened. You got a Lou Bonds or you recruit. You know, that was it was two different things that could have happened. And one of them was I was expecting Georgia to flip a Lou Bonds, the big offensive tackle uh, committed to Florida State. 
And sure enough, he popped. But I think there might be another small something. Again, this is a tiny little thing that we'll see. It's not some huge game-changing type thing. So uh, there's a whole other report to read. But thanks for uh, bringing it up. I do appreciate it. I'm glad you're a member of UGA Sports. We'll go some rapid fire. Richard Goodson, how many points do you think Florida will score on Georgia's defense? Over under 17. Over. Yeah, I'll probably predict Roddy? like 24 points. Yeah. yeah. I think they get, I, I'm going to get, they're gonna get some touchdowns. They're going to get some touchdowns. They're going to move the ball, but I, yeah, I don't expect them to score 30 or something like that, but I expect a, a bad turnover. You said over or under 17, Roddy. This is rapid over. fire. Let's go. I'm sorry. Over. You said over. Let's go. Over for me, low 20s. That'll be in my prediction. Uh, Llama 10, 28. How, do, uh, how does Georgia prepare for Dan Mullen's misdirection and trick plays? You work the shit out of uh, No. Uh, <laughs> Excuse All right, me. next question. <laughs> I'm in. Here we go. Let me just tell you, we that's the one thing I've talked about our heart, how much we practice and what, how good we practice and don't waste any time. I mean, they go, they don't go back one year, two years, three years. They go back 10 years on Dan Mullen on every time they've played against him at Alabama. Uh, when he was at Mississippi State, and they look and they cover everything he's ever done. So there's no real surprises. Uh, they might work, but it won't be because we hadn't worked on them. Because that's a good good question, but I promise you, between walkthroughs, meetings, pr practice time, me, uh, all that stuff, we will be prepared. I mean, we're the Boy Scouts of college football. And as Kirby Smart said, uh, talking about Dan Mullins, he was asked a question yesterday, and he said, sometimes you get busy chasing the ghosts of what Dan Mullen has done in the past. Well, as Coach points out, they are ghost chasing. They're going back and checking out some of that old stuff. Keith Harbuck says that his mom got set up in RV City this morning at 9 o'clock, and he says, see, it's yeah. Saturday. That is what Georgia and Florida is all about, man. This That's the way to do it. That's the way to get ready. I mean. RV City man. is amazing. That's impressive. Um, Coach, well, Robert did also ask about those trick plays. I mean, do you think this is a game? I mean, Dan Mullen has done this a lot in the past, but do you think this is a game that they just kind of throw the whole kitchen sink at you? For sure. I mean, they're, they're, I mean, they got their backs against the wall. The thing about trick plays are usually that, you know, they don't work that great. Sometimes the surprise element works, but we used to always talk about this is a special play. By that we mean we're going to – by what they do on defense, if everybody executes what they're supposed to, we're not going to trick them. We're going to out-execute them. Uh, a really good defense gets – very seldom gets tricked. I mean, but you can work on a, a, some element where they have a chance that one guy has a tendency to not play his – position when he needs to and you can work on you know a little reverse or run the, the uh, shuffle pass uh, off of a, something else or you know the what we always say is hey cosmetically look at something that we do well and then do something that uh, is exactly opposite off of that you know like like last last year we were throwing a quick pitch into the boundary and then we uh, took a flipped it out there and then pulled it back and threw it to John Fitzpatrick and unfortunately he dropped it. But that that's more of a of kind of a special play. But he's talking about a double reverse with the guy throwing the ball between his legs and all that stuff. I mean, those are good, <laughs> but, you know. Uh, really you, special. It's just you're going to see you're going to see some of that. And, you know, wounded team sometimes – and I'm not saying they're wounded, but their backs are against the wall. I mean, you know, hey, onside kicks, uh, fake punts, uh, fake field goals. I mean, that fake field goal they ran against us 10, seven or eight years ago, that guy worked in a grocery store and came out there and faked the field goal and worked. I mean, I'm nervous. <laughs> well, and it may feel like the sky's falling for Florida, but lest we forget, a month ago, Florida almost beat Alabama in a really tight, tough game. Yeah. And they, they got the same players, so uh, it's going to be. Roddy says he's nervous. I mean, I'm. I'm I don't know. If I'm, I'm. I don't know if I'm nervous, but I'm concerned. I mean, I really am. I feel like this is this is going to be their style offense. Is what has over the years is what's given 
the Alabama slash Kirby Smart defense the most trouble of a quarterback that's active and it can move on the perimeter. Uh, and you look at the teams that we've lost to, they've had a quarterback like that, Joe Burrow. And, uh, you know, there's been guys that can move around. I don't think Richardson that great a passer. He's good, but he's definitely a, I mean, a guy can run and turn and jump up in the air and turn a flip on a dead run. I mean, six four two thirty. 230. Come on. That would be a trick play. Go out there and turn a flip and then throw the ball behind his back or something like that. <laughs> the sports fence says, other than can't play in a dead uh, can't play dead in a Western, what are some other fun coachisms that Coach Donnan has heard in film sessions to describe a player that just can't cut it? Oh, yeah. That can't cut it? Yeah. Well, I thought he was going to ask, can cut it. You know, you say he's faster than a hiccup or, uh, you know, quicker than a hiccup or, uh, can scratch his ankles with his long arms, or uh, uh, so you're talking about Arian Smith in the first one and uh, Trayvon Walker in the second one. And then you got uh, you know guys at uh, Caterpillars and uh, you know big old Chilardos. I'd say big, <laughs> big old Chilardos are ones for the the guys that aren't that great. They can't move. Hey, that big old Chilardo, he can't move. I know one time because we. This pro guy, this pro coach, one time was talking about film and watching film study, and they have all these cutups. And uh, so he decided, you know, this one guy was always making fun of the, these other players on the team. So he got a cut up when this guy was playing with another team and put the play in there. And they said, "What do you think of this guy?" And it showed him really playing poorly. And it was actually him for another team. And boy, his team just busted him up really bad. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, earlier, Roddy was showing some of the tamales from uh, Classic City Eats, and Lama said, Roddy is here today and gone tamale. That's oh. good. That's good. <laughs> turn off the, well, turn well off the comment section. Turn <laughs> yes. off the comment section. Uh, and I lied earlier. I can't Kyle, trust you people for anything. Kyle Morrow gave us a super chat. He did have a question as well. He said, I'm noticing the Jordan Davis for Heisman conversation beginning to trend. Is there a chance that he gets invited to the ceremony? More than likely not, but, you know, it, it is a scenario where they're – people around the country talking about it because he's such a dominant force. And uh, even though he's not playing, you look at these uh, Snapchats or whatever you call it that we have, it talks about how many times the team plays. I mean, how many plays he's playing in the game. I think he'll play more in this game uh, than he's played all year. And I think the same thing's true with Florida. They were subbing a lot early in the year, but now they're playing those uh, D linemen. They're not – you know, Dexter and Carter, they're playing a lot more. Uh, they're not subbing as much. So, uh, but I think Davis is a viable candidate just because he's got that little MO of being a big guy. He's personable and, you know, people might be talking about it. And really, there's nobody that, I mean, the guy from Pittsburgh now is in on the, and he, he's done, done a good job. But let me tell you, Pittsburgh lost to Western Michigan. They lost to Western Michigan. They lost to Western Michigan. <laughs> One more time, Coach. They're, they're going to win the SEC. And, uh, I mean, Western Michigan is, is a good program. And my friend Drew Wilson's dad was a trainer there and all that. But they lost to Western Michigan. <laughs> I'm going to say it one more time. They Pittsburgh lost to Western Michigan. Wow. That'll stick I, in the crawl. I do think we with the Jordan Davis talk, a lot of it, it was you know, tongue-in-cheek right off the bat because he's having such a dominant performance. But you saw why they have him go to SEC media days. We have a fantastic interview. If you're a Georgia fan and you don't watch the uh, Jordan Davis interview from yesterday, turn in your uh, red and black glasses because you're just you're not a true fan if you don't watch that interview. The guy is hilarious. He is so much fun. They talked about why he came back, you know, and uh, how close he came to going to the NFL. And he's, I mean, the first thing he does, he sits there, he's opening up a, a, a Kit Kat. He's like pop says, "All right, let's talk talking." And he's just a riot, and it's part of it is just love for him and respect for him that are people putting up there. Does he get invited? Hell, why not? I don't expect it to happen, but he is. The media loves to rally around a big personality, and he's got one that's equivalent to his actual size. So uh, that, that is a fun guy to watch, and I think he might have a huge, huge. He's had his breakout game was against Florida as a freshman. Uh, he had a huge game. There's a reason they were so successful as a sophomore. He just, as coach pointed out uh, multiple times, two years in a row, he actually folded that uh, Florida center into some origami uh, 
crane, you know, just fold him in little pieces. Uh, he's going to be fun to watch this uh, coming Saturday. So I feel, fans, again, feel, feel a little more comfortable with him out there. Fans always want the players at Georgia to love Georgia as much as the fans do. And a lot of cases they don't. I mean, I wish that's my just, wife loves me as much as he loves Georgia. <laughs> Jordan Davis may be the number one Georgia fan on this planet. And yeah. I'm not even joking about that. That kid loves UGA and yeah. loves Athens to the point that he turned down a decent amount of money from the pros last year to come back this year for, for this experience that he's having. Will he get to the Heisman ceremony? I doubt it because it's not really for his position. Uh, and I don't think that he plays enough plays to probably have consideration. But the fact that there's even a campaign lobbying for it tells you how dominant he is from that position. How about you? Yeah, what else you yeah, I, do want to, I do want to mention real quick, uh, if, if you're looking for something to do this coming weekend, if you're not going to the Georgia-Florida game, swing by our friends at Academia Brewing Company on October 31st. They're having a uh, uh, Sunday Scary. It's a Halloween live music monster mash. It's also their four-year uh, – anniversary celebration so uh swing out there and check out uh, performances by spencer paul that's rad and the getaway company uh so a lot of music out there great food great specials uh academic brewing company you know uh, uh today they have uh, trivia they have live music this coming thursday and then friday through sunday is a four-year anniversary celebration with the uh of course you can watch the game watch the georgia florida game out there on saturday and then on uh, uh, Saturday, uh, Sunday and Saturday, Sunday, they also have their beer and biscuit brunch. Check them out. And if you're not going to the Georgia Florida game, uh, be sure to get your food for the game from our friends at Your Pie. I'd order it today for uh, delivery or pickup on Saturday. Get those double points. Order through the app. Double your points up. Get those new 14-inch um, pizzas they have. So great stuff from Your Pie. Uh, tons of rewards when you use the app. I know I was able to cash in. Uh, my son had some uh, buddies over the house, and I'm like, okay, uh, let me whip out the app. Oh, wait, I got two free pizzas. Pop those in. Got some pizzas for our guys. It was easy, breezy. Uh, be sure to use the Your Pie app. Uh, get uh, salads, uh, pizzas, uh, custom pastas. It's fantastic food. You can't find a fresher pizza anywhere made to order. Uh, if you're doing it in store, it's great. If you do it to pick up, it's just as well. I mean, it's custom built the way you like it. And I, I can't speak highly enough about our friends uh, over at Your Pie. They do great stuff for us and they do stuff for their big, huge Georgia fans. So uh, I know Kyle and uh, Natalie will be watching the game. If they're not there in person, they will definitely be watching the game on just about every screen in that place. I was going to show you my, I, I had to go to the door because it's UPS, but. My daughter just sent me these Rafa shoes, so I'm ready to rock and roll. But the only problem is the color of them is, you know, a little bit more like Florida. But I got these. See, it's Rafa a bad omen, Coach. I told. This is why I'm nervous. No, these you're, are you're these are going to help us whip their butt. But I mean, how, how about me with the Rafa shoes now? I'm, I'm probably going to really play a lot better now. Are you going to become a lefty? No, I'm not going lefty, man. <laughs> but, uh, that makes me feel good, boys. I'm ready to rock. Oh. Uh, Where's some new shoes? I'm, but, not, I'm not playing you for nothing. I get my ass kicked. Yeah, uh, these guys, these guys are too young for me that I play with now. I mean, I can't keep up with them. But got any more questions here? Let's couple more. Let's get them. Scott Kerr says, "Is it Florida or Florida?" <laughs> That's pretty funny. I will tell you a recruiting story on Florida because I think it shows you how strong they are. We had a kid that we were recruiting that I really thought we were going to get. I'm not going to tell you who he was because it's not fair, but his family was in the uh, uh, funeral business, and uh, we felt pretty good about him. And then uh, all of a sudden his uh, family got the uh, state of Florida prison uh, account for, you know, people dying in the prisons and, uh, that's a pretty good move by them to get that kid. Yeah. All of a sudden, they got that account for their funeral home. <laughs> I can't believe it. You won't believe the account I just signed. Holy shit. That's like the I, most. I, I mean, that's a, pretty, that's a pretty tough recruiting story right there now. I mean, that's you know. That's not what I was expecting. I mean, you don't, these, you don't. That's a good account. There's a lot of people dying in prisons. Yeah. 
Uh, here's a question from Robert Lee Roberts. LSU ran all over Florida. Do you think that Georgia will be able to run the ball as good or better than LSU did? Um, or will yeah, I sure hope so. the script? I sure hope so. I think we we got that capability, that's for sure. And you know, we got the we got the uh, backs and the and the you know, we got some good tight end block. You know, they did a lot of good job with their tight ends on the counter coming across and being the kick out guy and uh, the thing that they did which I always believe in is you hear that philosophy get a hat on a hat that means you got a person on each person you got a helmet on each guy and Florida couldn't get off the blocks I mean it, it wasn't such some magical play it's just they always had regardless of who they had in the box or who they had trying to play the play they had a person blocking them and they got past the line of scrimmage so many times that they were on their secondary and we talked about the secondary misses a lot of tackles. I mean, really, I mean, you watch the first quarter of the Alabama game. I mean, they scored 21 points, and, and all three of them were on missed tackles. Final question of the show is going to come from me because tonight uh -oh. the, Atlanta, the Atlanta Braves in the World Series against the Houston Astros. The last time that the Atlanta Braves were in the World Series, the head coach at the University of Georgia was Jim Donnan. So – I know that gets you a lot of access to the team of the 90s in Atlanta. I want to know your best Atlanta Braves story from when you were a head coach here. Yeah, well, I think the best one I had was the first time I went over there as the coach and uh, had a chance to go in there in, in the on the field, Bobby Cox and uh, Smoltz and Maddox and to shoot the breeze and talk to them about football. Chipper Jones, uh, uh, you know, came up, said he was going to come over and Steve Brian Jones, who went to high school with him. Uh, it was just uh, me as an old baseball fan. It was just great to go out on the field with them. And they showed me a lot of respect because I was a coach. But uh, it was it was nice to be able to walk around and just shoot the breeze with them. Now, Chipper is a Florida fan, though, right? Doesn't matter. I mean, hell, he came. We, we weren't playing Florida. <laughs> <laughs> when he came to our game, he was pulling for us. And he asked me, you know, I played in his uh, – his celebrity golf tournament a couple of times. And I'm telling you, it was a it was a big league affair. They had a lot of good uh, guest players and a lot of good uh, good things going on. And uh, they had one hole where they had uh, a football and you had to throw it through a, a hole. You know, you know, like you've seen that before. And uh, the old coach threw it through the hole, one for one some money that we gave back. But it was pretty cool. That is awesome. I, I, I asked that in part because I'm so excited for the Braves tonight and for the state and for Braves country, which is no the entire southeast. It's, it's tremendous for the whole town and the whole state. And Trey Workman, who used to work for, uh, you know, uh, on our radio network, is now in the marketing department over there. And I sent him a text yesterday. He's so fired up. You know, all, I mean, there's a lot of people in the in the organization besides just the team, you know, and it's just it's kind of like our team, you know, everybody being number one. It'd be unbelievable deal to win the World Series and win the national championship. That'd be unbelievable. And we, have, uh, we have a, we got to be in the on. World Series and you got to be in the championship game to do it, but we got a good shot. There's a story on the front page of UJSports.com where we asked a bunch of the players what they thought about the, the whole Braves thing, and they're really pulling for them. Jordan Davis, Lad McConkey, Kirby Smart. It's a great story that you need to check out when you get a chance. And uh, shout-out to Chris Lionetti, uh, who was in the Braves' uh, scouting department for so many years, uh, helped put that team together. That, those are his boys out there uh, playing for this title. So uh, congratulations, Chris Lionetti. And there's a lot of overlap in the recruiting and the scouting. I know when I was covering Terry Godwin in high school, you would see John Lilly out there recruiting him, and then right beside him would be a Brave scout trying to decide if they were going to draft him to play baseball. And so, yeah, Coach, and I, I, I went, on those recruiting trips, you ran into a lot of baseball scouts. I went and covered that story about Terry Godwin and was told that I was full of crap because there's no way he's going to be recruited. I'm talking to scouts who are, are be drafted. I'm talking to scouts who are like, yeah, we think we're going to take him in the 12th round. We're th we think we're going to take him in the 23rd. We're going to take him after the and, – and pool money. And the people are telling me that I'm full of blank because uh, he's, he's just going to play football. I'm like, yeah. And then I interviewed his mother who said, well, yeah, I want him to play baseball more than I want him to play football. So uh, it, you, it, you're right about the overlap. It is a lot of it. And uh, that it's going to be a, it's a huge consideration for some of these kids when they come out, when they have 
and they're good at baseball and football. All right, we can talk all day, but we would need to get out of here. All right, well, let's do it then. Uh, hey, everybody, be sure to tune in to uh, Around the League this coming Thursday uh, with Coach Donnan, uh, Dane Young, and Brent Rollins when they talk about all the other games of the SEC. And, of course, uh, check out the Watch Along show this Saturday at about 325. I won't be there because I'll be down in Jacksonville covering the game. But, of course, Coach Don and Dane Young and Brent Rollins will be there to call the game with you. Uh, be sure to uh, hit subscribe on this YouTube channel or uh, Facebook. Like our page if you would. That way you'll be able to watch the show. Or if you're watching this on Twitter, be sure to follow me. We'll send out the link uh, that way as well. So check out the Watch Along show. You actually get uh, real-time commentary. Basically what the Mannings are doing that they stole from us. You know, But, of course, we'll have a Coach Don who knows more than those guys ever will. So uh, be sure to watch the uh, Watch Along show this coming Saturday. And uh, next Tuesday, we're going to have, we're gonna have Marshawn Lynch on with us. Marshawn, <laughs> he can have my spot. I, I love that guy. He's so yeah. entertaining. He's way more entertaining than I would ever be. Well, that, that's a low bar, but that's okay. Thanks, thanks Rob. Anyway, thanks. we'll be back. We'll be back next Tuesday at noon. Y'all take care. We'll see you then. <laughs>